as much I'm as ready. I deserve. I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. He's not going to be ready. I guarantee it. <clears throat> I got it up and running. I got it up. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people. It is week 44 of 2022. I'm Chris Louie, and happy Halloween. As is tradition, the three of us hosts showed up in costume today to record the podcast. You'll have to check out our Instagram account at PebCAC Podcast to see us in costume. With me, I have my co-host, The Hot Dad, who will have a terrible sugar hangover tomorrow morning after he eats all his kids' trick-or-treat candy. Hey, you know, sad fact, there will be no sugar hangover as all my older kids no longer trick-or-treat and the one kid that I have that's still with trick-or-treat just had four wisdom teeth yanked out of her skull and had a bone graft done towards the front of her mouth so she can't even bite into anything for five months wow wow oh she's doing okay. okay yeah yeah I was looking for sympathy yes thank you guys for asking she's gonna be just fine <laughs> I'll let her know you guys send your regards. We do. We do. And we have the fully recovered Glenn Medina, who managed to start the recording properly on the first try this week. Congratulations to you. That is quite the accomplishment. It's not my fault. I don't believe it. I keep telling you guys it's not my fault. Uh Uh-oh. Hold on. Why is it? Oh, I'm just kidding. It's working. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. I'm sure it'll be choppy or yeah. something later. Well, I'm back, and uh, I was not feeling well last week and needed to social distance from you guys, even on Zoom. So uh, amazing uh, that, you know, in the last two and a half years, I had not been sick. And this past week, I was totally out of commission. Uh, spent some time with the neighbor's kids, or even the neighbor, and they had the flu. I didn't realize it. I guess I should have realized that when they were kind of sniffling and... I, too, myself, fell under that. So, like I said, I'm feeling a whole lot better now. You guys hear, you heard it here first. The flu is back. The flu it's is been back. gone for a couple It's been years. crazy. The flu yeah. is back. <laughs> Shame on me for not wearing my mask. <laughs> Didn't you actually get a flu shot, too? Yeah, or no? you get your flu shot. It's yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah, you should. No guess this week, I want it to be just the host for our Halloween episode. With the holidays coming up and vacations and shifting schedules, we may have fewer guests until the new year, but I will do my best to keep trying to book them. Combined, we have decades of information security experience and are here not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I don't know about you guys, but I was up late Thursday night, literally on the edge of my seat, waiting for the results of China's election of who would lead the Chinese Communist Party for the next five years. Spoiler alert, Xi Jinping won. Does that surprise anybody anymore? Does it? I mean, it's kind of a given, don't you think? Yeah, it's sort of like in Russia where they they still have the election, but you know Vladimir Putin gets 99.999% of the vote. Yeah. In that point, zero zero one percent person's dead. Yeah, they just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> Did they say was this like a landslide victory over there in China? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Did he even Good have a him. competitor to to go against? And is that guy still alive? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think officially. I I know the former leader that was present at the party. There's a, there's a photo of him getting escorted out of the room. So who knows what ended up happening to him. 
you know, good for him, I guess. Or maybe just ran unopposed. You know, this makes, you know, as 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 weird as our election system is, it's good to see that there's change for the U.S. And I, I don't know how much of you guys, I, I think, you know, Chris, you're sitting there monitoring other ele- uh, uh, the election in China. But I'm still happy to say that even though I may or may not have voted for the person that's in office now or the previous person, at least I have a, a conscience to vote open and vote freely for that and see some election results, whether I think they're fraudulent or not. <laughs> so needs needs more freedom. Sounds like China needs more freedom. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think everybody could, could use a little freedom. But like I said, as bad as it is here, I still love it here compared to other countries. All right. Well, today we're going to start with some closing the loop that will lead into our opening topic to see how Brian's experience with lockdown mode is going over a month in. Oh, goody. Our first story is Iran's atomic agency confirms they've been hacked. For our next story, a UK car dealership network gets ransomed, but with a twist. Mm. Our third story, LinkedIn purged hundreds of thousands of fake accounts. And we'll close with things all men agree to. I want a hot dog real bad. I think we can all agree that someone in our lives is a little crazy. (laughs) I didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) All right. Closing the loop this week as a follow up to last week's story about the cheating scandal that's hit the chess world. Challenger and admitted cheater Hans Niemann is suing reigning champion Magnus Carlsen and chess.com for, wait for it, $100 million saying they're spreading lies about him and causing him damage that he's not able to stream or make money playing in tournaments anymore. Good luck with your case, Hans. Is he doing the right thing by admitting to cheating? Well, he admitted to cheating years ago. He claims he's not doing it now and People that are saying he's a cheater now are, is causing him financial harm. Ah, uh, you know, all I know is I think we should do a GoFundMe for him. What do you guys think? Maybe there is one already. Yeah, Go look it up. Maybe. But so, how, how did 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 they qualify how he cheated in the past, or what did he did in the past? Did he like move the board and do something? Someone didn't listen to last week's episode. I did. I did. <laughs> Talking about. <laughs> Maybe I fell asleep on that one portion, but I did. I swear. I listened last night. He admitted to cheating in online chess. They don't know how he did it and couldn't prove that he did it on the over-the-board chess, although a lot of people say, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater, and he's admitted to it, um, cheating online in the past. But that's the case, and politicians should be ever winning ever because they all cheat, right? So, No, it's once a liar, always a liar. liar. There you go. <laughs> but I, I still don't get it. Like I, he, he, you know, it's like admitting that you sped a while back, and then, you know, we're speeding, and then now, it's like, hey, that's okay. I, like I said, I'm still trying to get the correlation of once a cheater, always a cheater. But in this case, he, I think you guys spelled it out right in the last in the last episode was that you know it was it would have been really hard for him to cheat in that scenario. Yeah, and over the board for sure, and. Um, Online with the delay, yeah, with the yeah. delay, yeah. Online, they chess.com pretty much proved beyond a reasonable doubt that he cheated on when he was playing online. So they said that he's 
he shouldn't even be admitted for you know what what he's been doing online. Has AI gone too far? You know, he could be a robot. Could be. Could be Mark Zuckerberg. Defense. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg in disguise. Could be. For our second piece of closing the loop, Apple fixes a new zero day being actively exploited in the wild with iOS 16.1 and iPad OS 16. This is the ninth zero day vulnerability used in attacks against iPhones this year. The zero day vulnerability involved an out of bounds write issue that could lead to code execution. And on that note, that leads us into our opening topic of Brian. It's been over a month since you enabled lockdown mode on your iPhone. Give us the good, the bad, the ugly of turning on lockdown mode now that you've gotten to experience it more. So I would say that the only thing that has, it was almost like a a deal ender, was on a Southwest Airlines flight where I couldn't watch movies. So the, the lockdown mode prohibits the browser from doing something fun right there. So I had to reboot to be able to watch a movie. So don't judge me, Chris. I think you're like, oh, you should download, download it ahead, it of, ahead time. of time. Yeah. Well, I. What's the fun of that? Yeah, I don't want to have to think. I just want to get on there and zone out That's real right. quick. That's right. Like, I think yeah, the but world. Other than that, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're all good, man. So yeah, other than that, I with the inconvenience of like SMS OTPs and stuff like that, not a big deal. I, I like it. I can't even tell the difference. What's interesting, if I paste a link. It will, it will, it will be a friendly link that I can click. But if you guys send me a link, then it's it's dead, right? Like you have to actually copy and paste it and move it into the the destination. And probably the other feature I love the most is that Apple CarPlay won't work unless I unlock the phone every single time. So before it was just once, and then you were good to go. But now anytime I plug it in, it always asks if I want to does authorize it, that device. Does it go into lockdown mode after a couple of minutes, or does it stay on during the whole connection time? When you enable lockdown mode, it's like, are you sure? And then it's like, it actually reboots the phone, and then you're in lockdown mode. So no, everything is just I, I, Apple CarPlay. I'm sorry, I didn't qualify that. So uh, it kills the oh. it kills the Lightning port. So there's you can't extract data over the Lightning port in lockdown mode unless the phone's yeah, I, unlocked. Yeah. I wonder how that works with the new was it Bluetooth five or six or seven or ten, where you could do CarPlay now through through Bluetooth. Bluetooth works fine. It's it's the physical data port that shuts off. I just like I just think it's kind of cool that it just doesn't work until I unlock it. Now, once I unlock the phone and it's been plugged in, it can go back to you know the the screen being locked. It works just fine. But it's every time I get into the vehicle, I have to do that. I have to unlock the phone. Yeah, I I didn't do lockdown mode, but I did do a, I did limit what you could do on the phone without it being unlocked. Like you know, being able to make a call, um, being able to read messages. Um, I, I I limited. I, I I put down you can still make emergency calls. But you couldn't um, like read emails or read texts until you had unlocked the phone. Yeah, it just shows you that you got an alert, but it won't have yeah. a preview of yeah. the message. Yeah, because the last thing I want is for someone, you know, for your mistress to text you and yeah. you have your wife see. Yeah, that'd, that'd be bad. Bingo, you got it. Bingo. <laughs> Did you guys see the uh, the new feature of like the crash detection? Right. I don't think that's new. I think that's that's been there a while. No, it's new. Really? But the yeah, but the so Androids have it for a while, but this is new to Apple. But on roller coasters, it was prematurely calling nine one one because of the sudden stops. Yeah, I can see that, and the loud yeah. bang. Yeah, yeah. Needs to be like roller coaster bang? mode. What kind of bang, Chris? 
a loud bang, a loud bang. like in a crash. I guess a flashbang. That was like on Star a while ago. Like if your airbags went off, it automatically called nine one one. So it's something similar to that. Oh, I'm still waiting for lockdown mode controls to get more granular, so I can enable that one feature I need while turning off the others. So we'll we'll see where it goes from here. Mister Mysterious is one to tell us what it is. No one really cares. I told you guys. I think I have already complained about what it, it is, but I don't want the general public to know what it is. Yeah. Because I just love the it. fact that. Yeah, the phone doesn't trust like the watch or anything. Like it's, it's overly skeptical on, on everything. It's so that's pretty cool. True, trust no one model. Yeah. Speaking of which, how's the uh, review on the watch there, Chris? So far, so good. No complaints. Brian got one too. It's battery life what? is crazy. Yeah, I mine mine last two. I, so <clears throat> I think I've had it two weeks now. I've never seen the low battery warning on it. Like my old watch would give it to me constantly if I forget to charge it when I'm not using it. The weight is not bad. I still can go running with it perfectly fine and no no complaints there. Did you guys get LTE with those with those watches? You know he did it. I think you don't have a choice actually, right? Yeah, he, it, it it comes with it no matter what. It's just up to you if you want to pay the ten bucks a month or not. Come on, Chris, you got it. We'll see. You need a GoFundMe account for Chris. <laughs> yeah. It needs to be about hundred and twenty dollars so he can pay for LTE on his watch. $120. Yeah, we're looking for sponsors for this podcast. I'll shout I'll give you a shout out for 10 bucks a month. All right, for our first topic, the Atomic Energy Agency of Iran confirms that they were hacked after stolen data was leaked online to a Telegram channel. The Iranian Atomic Energy Organization confirmed that one of its subsidiaries' email server was hacked. They did not go so far as to blame one government or country for the hack. But we have our theories of who might have a vested interest in destabilizing Iran's nuclear program. The hacking group is taking credit for the attack is relatively unknown in security circles, and they call themselves Black Reward. Black Reward posted a 27 gigabyte data dump on their Telegram channel containing over 85,000 email messages characterized as, quote, perfect for researchers. Black Reward's motivation allegedly comes from the ongoing protest in Iran related to Mesa Amani's the young woman who was killed in, in moral police custody and sparked the current government protests. The data allegedly claims to contain passports and visas of Iranians and Russians working with the agency, power plant status data, contracts, and technical reports. Can you say Stuxnet 3.0, anyone? The contracts can also provide evidence of who's helping Iran evade sanctions. Wait, what was Stuxnet 2.0? I forgot. I don't even... Stuxnet 2.0 was Flame. So there was Stuxnet and there was Flame. And then this would be 3.0. All I know is they should rename themselves to Big Reward instead of Black Reward for obvious reasons. <laughs> but anyways, Black Reward, good for them. Uh, like, I can't think of anything more useless than a bunch of Iranian and Russian passports and visas. I guess it's not going to help me. If anything, this that's just a giant red flag. So it might not help you, but it might help out the Mossad in who they need to take out to disrupt the program. Just saying. And other agencies, of course. So. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that? Like fun. ten years ago, maybe Iranian scientists were just getting randomly blown up in cars. No. Yeah. I think that was in a book. No, that happened in real life. <laughs> 
I know. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I mean, that sucks. But at the same time, they know who they're doing business with, right? Did they, I guess they kind of had it coming. That's terrible to say, but. I don't know if I should be happy for this or, uh, uh, you know, sad for, for that Iran. But it's good that, you know, you could see that they could, you know, have it. Ha- they've got to be a little bit of a, a little pressure cooker on them right now for all this information being released out into the wild. So. So the real question is. Like fool me once, right? Stuxnet 1.0. Did they did they not learn from that at all, or is the attack so sophisticated that even the best, you know, security principles and air gaps and all that stuff still was easily defeated by some other nation state? What do you guys think? That's probably why they went after the subsidiary instead of going after the nuclear program itself. They went after a subsidiary, which is a common tactic because they know that. I mean that flip the hat the same thing happens to us they don't attack lockheed they attack lockheed's subcontractor sticking janitorial services right now some listener that is in compliance is like see this is the reason why i need to have me come in there and audit all the people that we deal with Mm -hmm. make sure that they do stuff right exactly exactly guess you're only as good as your weakest link again this kind of goes back to the whole like uh fiber that was cut on in in europe it was europe right yeah or where was it france at? south of france yeah. something bigger happened other than like no one just goes over and defaces you know the internet just just for you know for grins there's something else going on behind back over there so I, well, everyone was looking this way something happened this way i looked that up so the official story of that because i was going to make it a topic but I'm like well this isn't that interesting but the official story for that fiber cut was a fisherman the fiber cut got cut in two different places, and the official story is that fishermen cut it. Well, they do drag a line across it? I mean... Something like that. Really? I don't know. Yeah. Like, some of the early news stories said, you know, the repair crews couldn't get there because they were collecting evidence the police was, and this was sabotage. And then now the official narrative is, nope, not sabotage. Fishermen cut the fiber in two different places in, like, the same week. So when I, when I hear fishermen, right, like, we had to, like, kind of draw a little line i'm just thinking of like pretty much how glenn looks right now he's got his little hat his bucket hat he's out there fly fishing yeah. yeah he's got his bucket hat on he's got a worm on the hook like that wasn't it they must have been to do that they must have been dragging some sort of a giant metal crate crap across crate sea, i have no across idea the sea right floor. yeah across yeah. the sea floor wrapped it up and but even then like that is one powerful boat that could just rip through a line yeah and in two places twice in the same week too it's it's like something doesn't add up here yeah i doubt we're really getting the full story about this one all right well this will surely be a closing the loop on a future episode we'll we'll stay tuned and i will be rich i'm gonna double down on this in vegas all right for our second topic this will be our ransomware story of the week The Pendragon car dealership network is refusing to negotiate with the LockBit ransomware gang after their systems were encrypted and data was stolen. Our US-based listeners may not know Pendragon, but they own more than 200 car dealerships in the UK. A statement from Pendragon confirmed the cyber attack, but states it has not affected their ability to operate. So far, Pendragon has refused to pay the whopping $60 million ransom demanded by LockBit to decrypt their files and not release the stolen data. Samples of the stolen data were made available and confirmed the data breach did in fact occur. 
The plot twist on this story is that Lockbit had the gall to ask for $60 million, a sum usually reserved for the most critical of infrastructure, such as Colonial Pipeline or IT services firm Kaseya. The reason for this fortitude is that Pendragon is being acquired by Sweden-based Hendon Mobility Group for 400 million pounds. Lockbit was banking on the fact that this would ruin the acquisition and Pendragon would be forced to pay or lose out on the deal to be acquired. Sneaky. I have to reread that last sentence because there was a little bit of a plot twist there, as you mentioned at the very beginning. Usually when we talk about M&A, it's attackers going after the company that's being acquired because the co- the company that's being acquired in general is smaller and they have weaker security than the parent company and they f- they view that as the way in. But this is a little bit of a twist on that. They attack the company being acquired hoping they would pay so that the acquisition doesn't get stalled. But who, Can you imagine though? Like, go ahead. Yeah, like who would come up with the 60 million? Is that... Is that the Sweden-based Heaton Mobility Group because they just want to get through this? Do they discount the price down to three forty, and then pay the sixty million, knowing that they just they just want to get through this? I think from Lockbit's point of view, whoever pays, as long as they get paid, they're happy. Either Heaton pays yeah. it, or Pendragon pays it, or comes out of fifty-fifty, or Heaton Heaton walks away and Pendragon loses out completely. Yeah, but if you're if you're a Heaton, you're probably like. So what? Like we're gonna replace all your systems anyway with ours, and there you go. We'll be done. We'll just lock your stuff out. Yeah, could be the other side of it, and we'll just manually take inventory of everything going forward. What kind of money do you think is in that two hundred car dealership? It's it's, it's at least got to be a, a million dollars per dealership, right? I think. Well, m- yeah, that's I think math. Go ahead, John. I mean, gross, not net. But it's if there's product, it, no one's got product sitting on a desk on a in a dealership these days. I've driven used by car dealerships are killing it, man. I don't know what you're talking about. They are, but new car dealerships are just sucking wind right now, right? I mean, and they're uh, granted, you know, they could probably have 15 cars and survive by selling what the upsell on them was like more than 20 percent of MSRP. I, I mean, I went shopping yeah. a couple weeks ago. And I thought it was pretty ridiculous. I don't need a car that bad. Yeah, I think the mark. Even without markup, I think dealers make about $5,000 per car times how many cars times how many dealerships plus, like you said, the 20% markup on any new cars. That's that's. There's a reason they're getting acquired for 400 million pounds. Yeah, let alone get a car that's something that people want, like a Mustang E or, you know, or some type of race car or whatever, and then there's a bigger market. Yeah. What is, what's 400 million in real money? I'm just kidding. And it's, it's a lot of God, bridges it's, it's right a there. lot of darn money. <laughs> <laughs> the funny part is it's probably close to it's the probably dollar. Probably close, yeah. It's pretty darn yeah. close. Maybe four hundred and forty million in US bucks. Yeah. Dang. It's a lot of McDonald's guys. Yeah. All right. For our third topic, we're going to discuss a story from Brian Krebs, who did an amazing amount of Krebsing. The story first originated when a company that scrapes LinkedIn data notice a significant drop in employees who identify Amazon and Apple as their employer. The number of LinkedIn profiles that self-identify as an employee of Amazon went from 1.2 million down to 830,000 overnight, a 33% drop. The number was more egregious over at Apple, where profiles claiming to work for Apple 
went from 576,000 to 284,000 overnight, or about a 50% drop. There's no real answer from LinkedIn, Apple, or Amazon who all declined to comment on the story. The speculation here is that LinkedIn did a purge of known AI-generated accounts. It's also possible that Amazon and Apple both requested LinkedIn to deal with the fake employee problem. Another troubling trend on LinkedIn is executive impersonation. An AI-generated profile self-reports that they are the CISO of a large organization such as ExxonMobil and scrapes and copies data from either the real CISO or a CISO from an entirely different company with the goal of using the profile for social engineering. The fake accounts can also be used for crypto scams, employment scams, you name it. You guys, I, I'm, I try to be pretty careful about what I post inside LinkedIn, especially in my profile. I, this, is a, this is another one that kind of scares me, right, as you see this. Uh, it's just another opening for opportunistic scamming, right, or, or hacking, social scamming. I don't know what you guys think. I'm just getting tons of great ideas here. <laughs> like that one CISO that was mean to me, I'm going to just make it an account. Clone the Start profile. crazy things. Yeah. Clone the profile. <laughs> just kidding. I would never do that. I don't have the time. I just don't. I can barely get enough sleep in every single day. And but that that's pretty wild. You know, good for LinkedIn for, for dropping all those accounts. Um, maybe, maybe Elon threatened to acquire LinkedIn and uh, <laughs> Microsoft crapped the bed with the whole Twitter debate. Uh, fiasco like oh crap can't have all these fake people out there these bot accounts yeah <clears throat> yeah i don't know about you guys but i get tons of those invites from people that sound interesting but the photo is like a stock photo of like some model and then the profile has like 10 connections and you know what would actually really fix the problem is if linkedin finally put the profile creation date on the profile and you can like oh. filter and say don't allow anyone to add me that's been created in the last seven days or something like that like that would that would even just putting the date on there so you can just look at it and say yep this was created today sorry bye what a novel idea i absolutely hate when i go to connect with somebody and it's like oh i need their email address I'm like the whole purpose of linkedin is that we can network and talk to each other and i'm standing two feet away from you this is ridiculous <laughs> yeah that's on the well you know what i do you know what i do when that happens Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I don't want to talk to you anyway. <laughs> Bye-bye. See you later. <laughs> yeah. So what's the impetus behind this, Chris? What, what do you think the, the, the theory is on this, on what happened? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it, it might be the they're getting too much negative attention for the fake profiles because it, it isn't LinkedIn's interest to allow the... So it's very similar to Twitter, Twitter with the bot problem. It isn't... In, LinkedIn's interest to have a very high daily active user number because then that that way they can charge more for ads. But I guess it's only good unto a certain point, and then when it starts to get annoying and people complain and people quit the platform, so they have to balance that out and get rid of these fake accounts. All right, for our last topic, and it'll be a rotating topic every week. This week we're going to talk about what is one thing that all men agree to. So we're all dudes on this podcast here right now. So what's one thing that all men agree to? If you guys need time to You're think, I can to go first. Yeah, you have to kick it off, Chris, because I, I need some time to think about this. All right. So uh, a couple examples. 
always use alternate urinals in the public bathroom. So if there's five urinals against the wall, there are actually only three. Yep. So you don't do the PC? Like, hey, what's what's going on over here? No? No. Unwritten rule. Right. Unwritten rule. Alternate urinals. Uh, never look down in the bathroom. <laughs> eyes up. Eyes up. Eyes yeah, up. That would be eyes another up. one. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I think... Oh, do you guys... Do you, go ahead. The nod. I think... What, just saying the nod, I think all guys would get what I mean with by that. The nod. Very similar to the Jeep Wave. Yeah. Right? Just the Jeep three Wave. Up. Is, yep. it, is Jeep Wave three fingers or is it peace? No, it's three. Is it well, three? Well, from small town, yeah, I, I think it's three. Okay. Just like how bikers, all bikers wave to each other. When I rode my motorcycle, all the bikers waved to each other. Except except if you have a scooter, then they just give you the middle finger. So. <laughs> it's a different kind of wave, Glenn. It's a different kind of wave. <laughs> I I I always open the door. Do you guys open the door? Yeah, for your wife. Like for your wife on yeah. a date? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, yeah. no, not on a date. Every time. Car doors, house door, whatever. If, as long as I can beat her to the door, I'm opening it. So Yeah. Ca- casket funny. door. Yeah. Casket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I bet you we could all agree there's a little bit of someone crazy in our lives too, so. <laughs> yeah, that's Aunt, for sure. Aunt Tom. <laughs> So, yeah, that's not a guy thing, though. I think that's just a universal thing. Uh, uh, so another true. thing is before I leave the house or before I leave a venue or before I get into a car, I have to uh, tap both pockets to make sure I have everything in them. Oh, there's you... an old Chris Rock bit where he's like, I got my keys, I got my wallet, got my hot sauce. Like he didn't leave anywhere without his hot sauce. No, I thought he yeah. changed it. Wasn't that? It's a phone, wallet, keys. There's a song about it. Did you guys hear about that? Phone, wallet, keys. I got to get that to you now. No, no this is this is old. Like yeah. this is probably nineties reference. Yeah. So. There's, yeah, there's a song, and I sing that song <clears> to my <throat> head. Phone, wallet, keys. But for you guys or Chris, you got no keys anymore because it's in his wallet. So it's in his phone. Uh, clicking the tongs twice before using them on the grill. I think you can all agree on that. I hate doing that, but I do. <laughs> That's one. The if you're using a drill before you drill anything, you have to go vroom vroom. You have to rev it at least twice before you use a drill. Yeah, I can see that. What about? Have you ever had like a bad handshake? I've had a like flimsy handshake. Yeah, I had flimsy ones. I had like dead fish ones. Yeah. Like I, I'm to the point where like if I go in for a handshake and like let's say that it's like a premature grab and I grab my fingers, not my palm, like I'll, I'll interrupt the entire meeting. Like, oh, hold on, we got to redo this. This is just weird. Got to so start all I over. Let, oh, yeah, yeah, and don't dead fish me. Like I have this thing where if you if you dead fish me, like I'm gonna throw your hand away. Like it's it, it's very comical. It doesn't go over well in a sales meeting. Wouldn't recommend it. But if you're gonna grab my hand, grab it like a man. These are good, Chris. I'm- yeah, it's all all these un, unspoken rules that I I think I, it probably spans you know spans ages spans cultures. It's just something that that we all do. So there there is one that I think there's a gender divide. So I'll speak for at least the U.S. If a guy sees another guy that has the exact same shirts, you're instant best friends. But if a girl sees another girl with the same shirt, they're like mortal enemies. I don't okay. think I've ever ran into someone with the same shirt as me, but I've definitely seen some women that have run into that. Actually, there was a point of contention um, 
prom dress shopping. Yeah. Like my daughter refused to go anywhere local. She had to buy it online. She didn't want to roll up in the same dress as some another chick. Oh yeah. Try finding like prom night or like a uh, gala night for the girls. And some one of them wears the same dress or two of them end up wearing the same dress. It's like, Oh bad. That's like the worst thing ever. Yep. I think we all agree that getting hit in the, in the testicles sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except for, well, I, I guess it can't be true. Remember that one dude that was like on America's Got Talent? Like, we just let people just, like, wail on him. Uh, he's no, like, thanks. I didn't see that one. Oh, yeah. Talk about a weird superpower. Yeah, how's that a talent? Do you, like, train for this? Dude, I'm, t- like, I'm telling you, people were, like, full-on, you know, sumo kick, judo kick. I have no idea. But, like, this rat, like, like... Like a teeter totter, right? Like he's standing over a teeter totter, and they're just jumping on it, and it's like it's it's hitting him square in the uh, the bits, and he just he's unaffected. I just can't even believe it. It's a seesaw. What did I say? Teeter totter. Uh, yeah, I oh. potato potato. That's probably one of those things that tells tells people where we're actually from. It's true. It? Yeah, I remember when I used to ride a motorcycle until my wife took it away from me. Like if you get on and with a bunch of other guys. Uh, <laughs> You'd rev the, you'd rev it up, and everybody would start revving it up at the same time. That's a guy thing. Yeah, that is. Oh yeah, yeah. Same with muscle cars. Everybody, yeah, all the guys would do that too in the muscle cars. Can't and do it with a Tesla. Doesn't make any sense. That'd just be real quiet. So, and the perception of how cool you think you sound and how you actually sound are sound. two very different things. Yeah, I think we can all agree. Like on our worst day. Like, like just, you know, the demons, they're, they're fighting in there and you're on the verge of breakdown. The only person that we call is nobody. We just mash that <laughs> crap on down and just eat it whole and let that come out as rage later on. What about you guys? Yeah. Not, not a, not Same. a healthy coping mechanism, but yeah, I think Same. that can be universally agreed upon, but not healthy at all. Yeah. Definitely not healthy. Bottle it up and just use it for spite later on. So Yeah. <laughs> All right. right now, there's some therapists like rolling their eyes. Oh, <laughs> they're poor wives and kids. Suck it up and drive on. They, they, I, I grew up on that. All right. On that. On that note, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, I'm up. Well, the Indian restaurant I work for is so secretive. I had to sign a legal agreement that I would not share the flatbed recipe. That's just their standard non-disclosure agreement. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Is that a form of bread? Non? Yeah, non. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. N-A-N. You, yeah. <laughs> you don't need Indian food, Brian? <laughs> I do, but I don't look at the menu. I'm just like, give me all the good stuff without vegetables, please. Double yeah. it. Yeah. Non. That's their flatbread. Oh, okay. It's pretty good. Darn good. All right. To wrap things up. Apple's lockdown mode is good for everybody. Iran's atomic agency got hacked. Pendragon refuses to pay a ransom at the risk of derailing their acquisition. Hundreds of thousands of fake LinkedIn accounts get purged. And don't stand next to another guy in the bathroom. That's all I have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who rate us five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. 
the best way to find us is to search for the Pepcac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co-hosts Brian Deach and Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Louie. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next weekend. As always, have a nice day. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. Shake your candy for terrorists.